Tonight's episode is sponsored by Mountain Sea Blast, the official soda of the International Space Station. Sir Osmond was dangling from a rope, trailing behind a small yacht being carried by a giant metal bird. Unfortunately, Sir Osmond was also carrying a vicious, shape-changing creature that was trying to rip open his armor and feast upon the gooey parts inside. It's still there, and its four limbs are starting to change into these Large, hooked, curved blades, kind of similar to the old-fashioned can openers. It looks like you don't have much time before it makes a meal out of you. Do I notice that there was no tug at the end of this rope? Oh, looking down, you can see um, your great-great-great-great-great-great-great-grandson falling past the tree line. Even with all of this extra weight, could I reach the ground before him? As in, you're going to let go and fall? That is the math that is going on in my head right now. Well, he's had a few seconds of falling advantage on you, so unless you have some way to rapidify your descent, I'm not certain you can. It's something you could try if you like. Not him, not him. You'd better turn into something heavier. And I grab onto the hooks that are forming and let go of the rope. You begin to fall. I'm going to, as best I can, steer towards where I saw the young Trevor falling through the tree line. I would like you to roll to act under pressure. My best ability. Ugh. Uh, well, a three and a one plus zero is a four. And fall, indeed you do. Father O'Malley. Yes. Where are you on this boat? I am on the deck of the boat, uh, trying frantically to make sure that both of my compatriots get into the boat safely, which now seems like a near impossibility. Yes, Peering over the edge, you hear two Wilhelm screams. Well, Lord willing, they'll be saved. I'm not certain that there's anything further I can do for them from my my current vantage point, considering they're both plummeting back towards the forest floor. You, You could pray for our deliverance to safety. That's about what's left to me, so, um... I'm going to take this time for a few Our Fathers and several Hail Marys and just hope that whatever the Lord's design is, it will shelter both young Trevor and uh, the Brave Knight. So I guess um, I'm going to pray for divine intervention, which 
don't know how that works, but that's my attempt. Because I've got nothing else. As you are praying, you feel a hand upon your shoulder. Uh, looking up, uh, do I recognize the person who's holding my shoulder? Yes. Uh, you believe it is Bob's wife, Emily. I know things are kind of tough right now, man, but think of it this way. Even if something bad does happen to them in that easily survivable fall, at least they'll be feeding the forest floor. I just worry that in this particular instance, we may have bitten off a bit more than we could chew. I just... The young man... I believe has an important role to play in coming events, and I'm not really sure where the knight came from or how he factors in, but certainly he has gone out of his way in the past to keep me safe, and uh, I wish I could have done more for them, but I can ask for the Lord's protection, and hopefully that will see them through. Well, if you need something for your nerves, she uh, hands you a... Hand-rolled cigarette of some kind. At this particular point, what I need is something for my physical health. I'm afraid I'm in fairly rough shape. Ah, I gotcha. And she takes the cigarette back and hands you a much larger one. (laughs) Well, when in Rome, I suppose I will try smoking the cigarette. You may unmark two health boxes. Oh, boy. Getting better all the time. So how far were they when they fell to the ground? Does it seem like they're going to have to defy death in order to get through this, or are they... Well, Trevor jumped off of the edge of a ledge and is probably careening down the side of the mountain. Whereas Sir Osmond leapt from a flying boat directly into the ground. So you're not exactly sure how they're going to pull this one off. Trevor, the ground is rushing up at you. Yeah, man. So, like, check it out. I'm wearing this really cool thing called a lad pack. And, like, you know, it's for mountaineering of all occasions. And sometimes when you mountaineer... You do it in the snow. So, I'm going to spend a point of luck and yank on this cable here on the left that should hopefully protect me from avalanches, which I think would apply to falling from a great height. How exactly does this protect you from avalanches, pulling on a cord? So, check it out, man. When you yank on the cord, the pack on your back expands with air, just like those uh, boats do, like when you yank on the cord and they expand with air. But this goes, like, around my body for, you know, like 20 or 30 seconds. Just long enough so that while I'm tumbling with the snow, it keeps it all away from me. And then it quickly deflates so that I can burrow my way out of the cavern and get back to safety. Well, a point of luck does say that you miraculously survived unharmed. So, you expand to a large bouncy size and hit several trees on the way down before coming to a rest maybe 120 feet below the ledge you jumped off of. (laughs) <laughs> what a rush, man. So, I uh, quickly dust my knees off, chuck that part of the backpack, and uh, survey my surroundings for danger. 
world a really bad situation. Oh, that's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's a six and a one for a seven. And my bad situation is a sharp, which is a two, which makes it a nine. Nine's a pretty good roll. Gives you a hold one. You get to ask one question off the list. Are there any dangers I haven't noticed yet? Okay, are there any dangers you haven't noticed yet? Correct, dude. You are certain something awful is going on up above you on that ledge. Okay. Um, yeah, well, poor Birdman, bro. Uh, Toad's got left behind because, you know, there was a whole rush, I guess. But I can't save him right now. I, you know, don't exactly have the uh, fortitude to keep on doing things like that. So I guess I'm going to head in the general direction the boat was going and hope to find a path and get back to the van. Sounds good. Sir Osmond, quickly, quickly, ever so quickly, the ground is approaching. There are a few options that I have to try and make this not end badly. I might be able to do two at the same time, but for the sake of levity, I have my hands on this uh, skin-changing creature, and I would like to see how pliable it is in midair, and whether or not I can stretch it so thin that it could, in fact catch uh the drift of the air as we're descending roll to act under pressure i felt like a tough one but i mean let's uh let's try it uh a six and a one plus zero make seven with a seven you get a good grip and you begin to bend this thing and you open it up and its insides begin falling all over you Its insides then begin to wrap around you. (laughs) And this thing sprouts wings from where you pried it open. Its ribcage just extends and the skin between the bones stretches and it begins to flap them like wings. And it begins to fly back towards the campsite. There's that unseen danger. It's flying overhead. And you do notice it, Trevor. Oh, dear. It's got something wrapped up in its internal organs and is kind of trying to absorb it into its mass. Well, I take out the 9mm and I shoot it. Hopefully knocking him off of it. Roll to protect someone. Rolling to protect someone. Well, a five and a two is a seven, and my tough a zero makes it a seven. So, you begin shooting, and your bullets clip it. So it releases what you can now tell is Sir Osmond, and then it begins diving towards you. Sir Osmond, you're falling again. Am I able to shift my weight in such a way to make this go from a dive to a crash? Well, no, you have been been released. Oh! You are in free fall. Okay. Uh, I'm going to try and rattle my legs to see if whether or not hopefully some kind of uh, levitation magic can be activated 
from uh, the previous uh, reforging process my armor has gone through. Yeah, I'm going to need an act under pressure on that one. Okay. Uh, a six and a four make ten. So you begin rattling your legs and struggling and smacking your armor and hoping and praying. And at that point, the chest piece falls off, both the front and the back. And this strange, large, silken pair of pantaloons explodes from your torso, slowing your descent. Oh, ha ha! Yes! My thanks to the Lady of the Forge! Ha ha! And that's when the beast collides with Trevor. Trevor, take three damage. Well, I can't technically do that, so I'm going to spend a point of luck so I don't have to. So this creature comes and you try to dodge. You step backwards, your foot slips, and you fall on your ass right as it sails through where your torso would have been and collides with a tree. You hear a large cracking sound, and the tree itself is partially uprooted. The creature appears to be stunned. Well, time to go get Sir Osmond and GTFO as quickly as we can. Question for you, Matt. Yes. Do you have any form of, like, any ability for divine intervention or... Technically, no. Okay. But, um, did I see any of, like... Osmond's parachute deploying or anything. What are you trying to do? I'm, I'm just trying to, from, from my vantage point, if I was still watching to see what I could see, I'm just trying to see if I have a good idea that they're going to be safe enough that it might be worth my time to try to get off the boat and go back for them. You can just decide to do that if you want. So, feeling a little bit better uh, since I had that mysterious hand-rolled cigarette... I'm going to ask around on the boat if there are any uh, any of the folks there have any ability to either help me get safely to the ground or to change me long enough to fly over there or if there's any way they can help me get back to the ground of my compatriots. Roll to manipulate someone. All right. That's boxcars. Well, well, yeah, man. That uh, uh, that thing I gave you. It's not just your head that's feeling light. All right. And she gently pushes you over the edge. <laughs> I, I, as I as I am uh, being pushed over, I make sure to grab my gym bag so that I have my sword, and then. Uh... Oh yes, definitely. <laughs> but you begin to slowly fo- float towards the ground. Oh. And uh, can I see where um, both Ebbs and Flo are headed? Um, well, judging by where that tree just shook violently in the distance, you've got some idea of where they're at. All right, well, I'm going to try to descend in that general direction so that I can help them out. So, Ebbs, you're able to find the parachuting knight nearby. He is stuck in a tree, but is dangling just above the ground. Hey, man, how's it hanging? Uh, just a moment. Um, uh, retract! Uh, uh, return! Just dangling and just pulling on the strings of the parachute. 
Um, I just grab his feet and yank. Yeah, with not a whole lot of trouble, you're able to... I mean, he's tangled up pretty good in the trees. Get your sabbat on. Yes, just a moment, if I can care to return to where it came from. Recall! What's the word for this? Just pushing around on my uh, torso. I think you just have to take it off, dude. Well, I was hoping I could just have it be returned to where it was for a future occasion. This is incredibly frustrating and difficult to... Ah. Very well. And I pull out my sword and cut away at the the strings of the parachute. You fall to the forest floor without further incident. Well, now that you're here, and I'm here, and the monster's way over there, I say we put more distance between us. Agreed. They seemed to be trying to take me back to where the the prisoner was being kept. It's possible they may seek to do him harm still. Well, I don't know about you, man, but, like, a small breeze is going to knock me over for, like, a week. Um, so I'm not particularly sure I'm in any position to save anybody's life at the moment. Because, you know, my life needs saving. That is why I jettisoned from the very uh, means of escape that we had to make sure that you would be safe, young Trevor. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Toad's cool of you. But let's not tarry on, and let's get over to that van. Agreed. Onward, my wayward grandson. All right, man, walk this way, and I hobble. After maybe five or ten minutes Bumbling through the woods, you bump into the good father. Gentlemen, I'm glad to see that you're all right. Nope. Stay back. And I pull out my pistol. You need to tell me something that only you would know, that I would know, that you knew, that I knew, so that you can identify yourself as you and not somebody else. One plus one is two. Everybody knows that. (laughs) All right, fine, you got me. Cool, man. It's you. (laughs) Do I still have any of the the special cigarette that I smoked, or did I leave that on the boat? Um, No, it was just enough for for one good hit. Okay. The good stuff. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Ebbs will take the the roach. (laughs) Ebbs, try this. It might help a little bit. Oh, cool, man. And I pull out a pair of hemostats just to be safe. No, it's some pretty good shit. Nice. Now then, gentlemen, given everything that's happened in the last two days, it might be prudent to return to our van post-haste. Welcome to the middle of episode 13, where things are happening and stuff is being said. Yeah, because we're really glad you came this far. Hey, you folks have followed us for 13 episodes, and we really do appreciate it. This is just your mid-episode reminder that you can check us out on all your favorite podcast sources, including Podbean, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. So yeah, thanks for listening. We hope everyone can stay safe and stay healthy. And keep listening. And now, back to the show. (laughs) 
with that, we have completed the... Is this the third mystery? It is the third mystery. Wow. We have completed three mysteries, three whole mysteries. Uh, and it's time for the end of mystery wrap-up. Let's work on that now. So, uh, we have the following questions uh, to ask the players, and we'll see how things went. So the first question is, did we conclude the current mystery? Yeah, man. We uh, found my boat. (laughs) And the dude that was on it. And the source of the giant condor. Okay, I don't want to play contrarian, Mm. because I feel like there's still tons of questions left to ask. But, based solely on did we find where the giant condor came from, and did we locate Ebbs' boat and get it back in air quotes and find out what was up with the seagull man. Mostly, yes. I'd say that we did We did determine all that stuff. Okay. Next question. Did the hunter save someone from certain death or worse? Like a whole group of people on top of a mountain. However, that's not going to stop me from feeling terribly bad about not saving the one guy towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we also totally saved Grandma. If you'll recall, she was grabbed and taken into the woods, and through the efforts of Osmond and I, we got her back. I think it was Granddaughter. That oh, Granddaughter. Her. Yeah, you're right. Not yeah. not Grandma, the, the Granddaughter. Yes. Uh, so you, you definitely, uh, as a group, did save many people in this one. Um, I feel like there would have been a much higher body count uh, if it weren't for the three of you specifically going out of your way to make sure people survived. But you know who we didn't save? The poor, poor, the poor, poor mascot boy. No, he got gulped one fell swoop. No pun intended. I mean, he was, he was working as a mascot anyway, guys. So, I mean, was he really alive to begin with? It's <laughs> an interesting question. Did we learn something new and important about the world? We learned that the Lady Titania is around, and, uh... It has been around for a long time. Perhaps some of us, uh, learned that druids exist. We definitely learned that there is a whole druid society, if not simply in California, across the U.S., and that they have a convention. Or they were convening. We also learned the hard way... That conventional damage does nothing against skinwalkers. That's a lot of interesting things to learn. Lastly, did we learn something new and important about one of the hunters? We've learned that I am in fact not crazy, and actually from the past. That has been confirmed. Unless everyone's a weirdo. Yeah, we learned that. I for one learned that Ebbs is apparently... Very dangerous with a lasso. <laughs> they, they taught him to tie like 42 different types of knots in, in the Cub Scouts. He, he's got it. Hey, man, I'm a surfer. I spend a lot of time on the water. Lots of knots out there. Sailing, sailing, tons of knots. Yeah, you know. So That's many knots. How you tell how fast you're going. <laughs> That's right. right. Stop it. <laughs> I don't know. Eb seems like the kind of guy who would learn how to tie knots because he thought that that's how he his boat goes faster. Absolutely. <laughs> this, this is this is Pull true. Twenty two knots. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Too funny. 
Okay, so uh, it sounds like everybody is going to be ending up with an additional two experience points. That will cause me to level. Yay, me as well. Unfortunately, it sounds like Sir Osmond was not blessed with Uh an additional skill. Uh, I did get two points of experience, which was what I needed. Oh, ta-da! So everybody levels. Huzzah! Sorry to steal your line, Gav. So let's uh, figure out what people are taking. So since I know what I'm taking, I am taking the an additional play from the Divine Playbook, which is Cast Out Evil, which says, I may banish an unnatural creature from my presence. I roll plus tough. On a 10 plus, it is banished. On a 7 to 9, it takes a little while for the banishing to take effect. The creature has time to make one or two actions. Either way, the banished creature is unharmed, and I have no control over where it goes. This move may be used on unnatural hunters, e.g. the monstrous. On a miss, something is keeping it here, and that's bad. I love that. That sounds really fun. It's definitely something we could have used fighting the Skinwalkers. So, Ebs, what do you got? I'm going to take another flake move. Uh... And I'm a little torn at the moment because I'm not a fighter. So I don't really want to take the fighty one. So I'm not going to do that. And I'm not torn anymore. So I'm going to take Suspicious Mind. So if someone lies to me, I know it. Oh, that is really cool. You just just know? That's it. That's the ability to call Suspicious Mind. If someone lies to you, you know it. And there's no associated role? Nope. That's dope. It's like my suit. <laughs> like my raincoat. I like it. Sorry, I've been watching Mel Brooks films all week. There you go. Nothing wrong with that. And all that leaves us with is uh, brave, 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 brave Sir Osmond. And I think for myself, uh, I'm going to be taking another exile move. And I'm going to be taking Immortal Name. Uh, My monster hunting exploits are legendary, so much so that my name still scares monsters and minions. And I may manipulate monsters with threats if they understand enough to have heard stories about me. Nice. That is a very cool one. We all picked up some pretty cool powers this time. I really like that everyone has picked up something with some narrative power. Instead of just picking up something that affects the dice rolls. It's something that really changes who you are and how you interact with the world. Well, personally, I've I've always been picking something that is relevant to the more, like, whatever recent events uh, happened before this leveling up process. Um, like, the charm increasing because all of a sudden I'm uh, very impassioned and protecting of the people. And the crush of Miss Luann, apparently. Uh, in this immortal name, uh, my name has been remembered by the Lady Titania. And maybe just by that itself, my name has become more powerful. Well, with that all said and done, let us begin the next step on our journey. It has been one week since the evacuation of the Druid camp on Mount Cucamonga. And the normally empty lot where you have your van parked, is alive and bustling. 
There are children running around. There are tents set up. Uh, there's even a new camper or two. The druids here um, figured this would be the safest place to stay for the time being, especially since they could stay near their great protector, Sir Osmond. In fact, most mornings you awake to a pie delivery from one of the the women of the camp. In fact, there is a knock on your van door. My van door? Your van door. Okay. Hello. Why, hello there. I'm I'm I brought some uh, some fresh biscuits for Sir Osmond. Cool. Hang on a second. Let me go fetch him. Hey, Sir Osmond, man. There's some biscuits over here for you. Well, I never turn down a handful of biscuits. Oh, you can grab a handful of my biscuits anytime you'd like. Oh, well, my lady, I must maintain the code of chivalry. Um, and it is Luann at the door. She's, uh, in a, her Sunday bests with, uh, her hair up underneath one of those fancy little tiny hats, uh, that southern girls wear to church. Well, I just figured, seeing as it was day of rest, that you and I could maybe go to the, the park and, uh, have ourselves a little breakfast. I do suppose it has been quite some time since I've been able to have a proper, what is the, how they say, a, a brunch. Is, is that correct, young Trevor? Yeah, man. Totally breakfast and lunch, same time. But not the same place. Ah, very good, then. I uh, reach behind the door and uh, take uh, my sword and my shield, put them on my back. Away we shall go, Lady Luan. And the two of you head off. All right, man, be back for supper. Yo, hey, Ebbs. Oh, what's up, Jeff? Well, like, I just noticed there's all these people here. What's going on? Well, there are a lot of people here. <laughs> How's Toad's doing? Oh, man, bestest goat there is. Yeah, man. So check it out. I've got this really cool move called Connect the Dots. And at the beginning of each mystery, if I look for the wider patterns that current events might be a part of, I get to roll plus sharp. So on a 10 plus, hold three. On a seven to nine, hold one. Spend your hold during the mystery to ask the keeper any one of the following questions. So I don't have to do them right now, but I do have to make the roll now. Um, the questions are as follows. Is this person connected to current events more than they are saying? Or... When and where will the next critical event occur? What does the monster want from this person? Is this connected to previous mysteries we have investigated? And how does this mystery connect to the bigger picture? So that's that's a move I just, you know, keep popping off to the wayside. But today, we're going to do it. So show me what you got. All right. So, a uh, six and a one is a seven, and my sharp of two makes that a nine. And on a seven to nine, I get to hold one. You got it. So I might just throw a question at you randomly. I will almost certainly be unprepared for it. Excellent. Anyway, back to what we were doing. Oh, man, I uh, what were we doing? You know, uh, going for a walk. Oh, yeah, man. Let's 
I gotta get some more goat food for for me and some more burritos for totes. Yeah, man. Goat food's important. And we saunter off. And as you walk off, footsteps slowly approach the assembled group of misfits and vagabonds living in this empty lot. He smiles, a crooked smile, and holds up a stack of papers. So, uh, who wants some, uh, free Mountain Sea Blast? I got free Mountain Sea Blast here. 